He says it's good being you when stress doesn't stick in the house. Luke Mathers, how are you, mate? Mate, I'm very glad to be back at Body Science HQ. Uh, we love having you on board too. Luke has brought a podcast topic to us today, which I think is going to be really exciting, and it's called So What is Sober Curious? So, man, what does that mean? Sober Curious, we all, booze has become a big part of our life for a lot of years. It's become a big part of everyone's life. And I think people sort of only stop drinking booze when they feel like they've got a problem. And I think there's another way we can do it. That's what we want to look at today. Let's rip in. Welcome to the Body Science Podcast. As always, the information contained in this podcast is for the information purposes only and is not designed to diagnose or be prescriptive to treat, prevent, or manage any injury, disease, or other health-related condition. Welcome to Body Science HQ, the world of fit, happy, healthy, and I'm going to add on the end of this, what is sober curious? And with me, Luke Mathers, author, conference speaker. Luke spends his time talking about stress. He does a lot of corporate stuff, mate. Do you want to give us a little bit of bio on yourself? Uh, yeah, I'd love to. I I go into companies and teach them how to get better at stress. Yeah. I don't think stress is a bad thing. I think we've just got to get better at using it. So if we can learn how to harness the power of it, it can actually be a really good thing. And if we can step away from that sort of concept that stress is bad for you, I think we can unlo- unlock some pretty cool stuff. Well, mate, that's awesome. You do a lot of work with the team here at Body Science. We love it. But let's rip in. What is Sober Curious? It's a really cool concept. I came across about a year ago. A lady by the name of Ruby Warrington, who's a, who's a journalist from the UK, started a thing called Club Soda in New York. And it was basically social events with no booze, all right? And to most people, that just seems like, well, how does that work? That mm-hmm. without throwing something else in there, like a, a walk or an exercise or something else, how do you have social events with no mm-hmm. booze? And she managed to do it really well. And her whole gist of being sober curious was that there doesn't have to be anything wrong with you. You don't have to be an alcoholic. You don't have to have a problem with booze to want to have a different relationship with booze. And so to get curious about that. And it fits in really well with my new book, which is called Curious Habits. And I think booze can be a curious habit. I do spend a lot of time with Luke socially. Uh, he is one of the great humans to hang around with and he's got some of the funniest terms ever and he dropped Sober Curious on me the other day and I looked at him and said, you've got a beer in your hand, num nut. How can you say that you're Sober Curious? Go. Well, the, different, the difference is I had a beer in my hand and it was probably my second beer and in other times, in other parts of my life, that beer might have been my seventh or eighth and I think that's part of being Sober Curious is to try and work out what level of drinking is actually a level that you still get a lot out of and you still enjoy and what level does it actually start turning? And you, in, in business and also in psychology, there's a thing called the law of diminishing returns. Mm-hmm. And I think booze fits into that law really, really well. You do not have any more fun at drink five than you had at drink four. And you certainly have a lot less fun at drink 10, but yet we have drink 10. And I, I think that that's a curious habit to me. We're not getting anything out of it, but we're still doing it. I mean, that's a big thing to say, like, let's be sober curious. And so you're saying just drink less is, you know, like, think about it. Don't be, you, just because your friends are going drink for drink doesn't mean you need to. I assume that's what you mean yeah, by Yeah, that's exactly what I mean, yeah. You know? But wh- where does the curious part come into it? Because the curiosity is, and the whole thing about curious habits is we we all have habit loops. And a habit loop starts with a cue. It has a behavior that you do, and it has a reward that you get from it. Here's a chocolate biscuit. I'm going to eat the chocolate biscuit. Tastes really nice. Get a nice sugary reward. You bet. Another chocolate biscuit. Give me more of those. And we do that with booze. We sort of go out, catch up with a friend, open a beer, have a whole bunch of fun, drink the beer. Let's do that again. And what happens after a while is the reward goes away, but the habit stays. Oh, I got you. Okay. All right. And there's a really cool concept I like that when did booze become something it wasn't meant to be? When did booze when become did boo- something it wasn't meant to be? Yeah. And booze, it, it always starts off as just a way of tribes getting together.
together and people to hang out together and do something fun and get rid of a few inhibitions and all of that sort of stuff. But then in a lot of cases, it turns into, well, I'm having a drink on a random Tuesday because I had a bad day. Mm. And I think that turns into two bottles of wine on a random Tuesday because I had a really bad day and then drinks turned into something it wasn't meant to be. And I'm not sure where the stats are right now, but at the beginning of COVID, the stats for alcohol consumption went through the roof. Yeah, they did. And I mean, it, it did in, in our street now, in our life as well. You know, we, we I'm very much was a, a weekend warrior in that place. I don't finish work and go, geez, I feel like a beer. I've mm. never had that at all. Because I, I look back at my dad, massive... He was just a workaholic. Like he worked all day, every day for the right reasons and the right purpose. He did everything he he wanted and he achieved everything he did. And he gave us, I never had to, growing up as a kid, I hear the stories about the people doing hard. We never did hard. You know what I mean? But dad was a workaholic. And, you know, you talk to him about the early days and he'd go, yeah, we'd have 12 beers at lunch, come home and drink 22 beers, you know, mm-hmm. drink a case of beer at night. And he goes, that was normal. But he would work till two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning, get back up, get up, 15 coffees, two packs of cigarettes, same thing, lunchtime again, all the, and it was very dominated back then when he was doing that. Back to like the Brisbane club or a club close by and they would have beers at lunch. Same thing back home, beers all night. And I remember getting up every morning and seeing like the, the bottles because dad was dad had one of the first computers in Australia. IBM came over and, and so IT guys are renowned for doing stupidly long hours and mm. he probably set that precedent as to that that is how it happens. But he, I just remember like dad drank a lot of beer and dad, I love you, mate, and you don't drink anymore. Like someone bet him a hundred bucks he could stop smoking and drinking and he mm. did. He's that type of guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? He hasn't years and years. He's actually Keto John now for anyone out there that's looking for- um, And he looks really fit. Yeah. Now. I've seen photos of him and he was a big unit. Yeah. He, you know, he earned himself a few medical things around that all his markers are awesome at the moment so he's in a good place but so for me i haven't been that guy that did that every day because i saw it with my my dad and wasn't a negative thing it's just something i don't want to do but when covid came i found that we i wasn't looking for more drinks because i was had anxiety or fear or anything i just thought you know and, and i did a podcast with dr craig duncan the day and he talked about lockdowns don't call it lockdowns call it homestay mm-hmm. so for me it was okay we're here at home we're not going anywhere let's let's do things that are fun and you know we started you know in our street we had more like people grab their deck chairs and yeah. there were people having beers in the front of their house for the first time ever like we living where we live you don't see people in the front yard at all and it was really interesting that and my alcohol consumption and they were happening on wednesdays and yeah, stuff like that yeah which there was school night stuff done. was yeah and you know and that would be the last though another school night you know what i mean but and and it was really interesting and then come february this year just after my birthday i said oh, i'm just not going to have any more drinks for a while and i had a beer with you on the weekend because you're my bad habit you're not really i have that effect on people yeah for the first what's that six months seven yeah, months hadn't had a drink i'd also just run 5ks and surfed and stuff and it was sunny and you know i wanted to have a beer, a beer so felt I, right yeah so i thought i'm gonna have a couple of beers and i did and i just thought you know what i didn't really get anything out of those i think i had three beers two to three beers then when i you know i drink my soda water now or whatever I do in my kombucha or whatever I'm drinking. It was really interesting that I haven't suffered from thinking, gee, I wish I could have a drink because I, I talk to a lot of people around me and they go, oh God, I'm having a month off shit, you know, 29 days, 28 days, 27 days, 26 yeah. days. I didn't get that. And I also didn't get that when I had the beers and it was real. I love the beer. It was like I had the beer in the sun with the boys. It was awesome. But I thought, you know what? I could have done that with something else. And you're the one who's throw that sober curious word at me. And I really st- have since the weekend started to think, what did I actually get out of booze previously? Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing to talk about, isn't it? Like, and that's probably the big thing that you're hanging on here with Sober Curiously. What do you get out of your alcohol? It's it's almost like that with any habit. What am, what am I getting out of doing this? And because we end up in these little loops and these, you know, our brains are designed to do 
things habitually. We're designed to do things on autopilot because our brain uses a lot of energy. And one of the real motivators is to try and conserve energy. And so if we just go through the habit of that's what we do, we don't have to think about it. But going back to what you were saying before about when COVID first started, one of the things is when a lot of things get taken away from you, you want to gain some control somewhere. So I can't do all of these things, but I can sit on the front yard in our deck chairs and we can have actually have a drink. And so I can enjoy that. And so you kind of cling to the things that are still positive. So from a from a COVID and homestay or lockdown or whatever you want to call it, sometimes you can sort of think, well, I you know I can still do this, so I'm going to. Whether I get anything out of it's a completely different thing. And when you look back on it and sort of say, well, I'm not getting anything out of it, do I want to still do it? And I think that's what what you're alluding to that you did. You didn't sort of say, I've got to stop drinking because to lose weight, or I've got to stop no, drinking because I'm like my dad was, and I've got a problem with alcohol. You didn't have any of those, but you just looked at it and said, well, I'm not really getting anything out of it so why am i doing it and i think without knowing it you were being sober curious mm, exactly yeah and that's why this topic when you threw it at me i thought was really really interesting so mate what what are some of the in, in the world of stress and and you're, you're about stress isn't bad mm-hmm. you know you just got what is alcohol doing to me when i have a level of anxiety and stress in my life yeah it's it's one of those some some is good more not might, might not be yeah there's a really weird way it goes one of the things that got me thinking about this i read a book called talking to strangers by malcolm gladwell and one of the one of the chapters in that was all about sexual this I'll get there eventually but sexual sexual assault on college campuses and what they discovered is that it was really hard to prosecute anyone in any of these sexual assault cases because no one could remember okay all right the 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 girl who'd been assaulted couldn't quite remember what would happen the bloke didn't because they'd been drinking really heavily and that full-on binge drinking that happens on college campuses all around the world and what Malcolm Gladwell did is is through the course of this chapter you unpacked actually what goes on in your brain when that happens. And the first thing that happens in drink one and two is your prefrontal cortex just goes down a notch. Mm-hmm. So that thing that does all the planning goes down a notch. So one of the things anxiety is, is an excess of planning. You're worried about certain things going on. So I'm going to plan how to mitigate the problems and keep things on track. Yeah. So the planning part of your brain comes offline a little bit. Then you have a couple more more drinks and the fear part of your brain comes offline, which is why drunk people do stupid shit. Yeah. All right. They do stupid shit because the thing that tells them don't do stupid shit, you're going to hurt yourself, isn't working anymore. So your amygdalas come offline. All right. Then at about at about, you know, round about that three or four drinks, the cerebellum, which is the part that controls all your balance and coordination, starts going off a little bit, which is why you don't want people to drive or operate heavy machinery and you get a little bit unsteady on your feet. Round about 0.08, which for big people like you and I is probably about four or five drinks, is your hippocampus, which is the memory center of your brain, starts to go offline and you lose short-term memory, all right? And in your six months of not drinking, did you notice how often you heard the same stories pop back up and people repeated? themselves if you were around people who were drinking i do hear that yes yeah yeah it's a- and it's actually one of those things that why you never stay out as late when you when you're not drinking is because those stories get really boring because i've heard them three times tonight to all my friends out there i'm not saying you're boring luke said it <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's one of those things that if you're with fellow people getting on the cans their memory's starting to not be quite as good so if you do repeat yourself they really forgive you for it and it doesn't they don't remember anyway so it doesn't matter and it made me think that when you keep going 
even more at 0.15, which is pretty drunk. Right? You wouldn't get to 0.15 most of the time. I wouldn't have thought so unless you're really having a proper crack. At 0.15, your hippocampus just comes offline altogether. Okay. All right. So that's that sort of wake up in the morning and how the hell do I get here? You know, where where is this futon and whose cat is that? You know, those <laughs> sorts of things. And where's my belt? <laughs> exactly. But so what happens at, at 0.15 is that that long-term memory completely goes. And so I, I put it to myself, I thought about this a bit and say I asked you, all right, we're going to go on a holiday. We're going to go on an ma- amazing surf trip. We're going to go on a boat with, you know, Kelly Slater and supermodels and lots of really good food and drink and it's going to stimulate in conversation, amazing place and it's all going to be awesome. You have a week of fun, but at the end, we're going to do like a men in black thing and, and get rid of your memory. Would you still go? You would? Yep. Yep. But you're not going to have any memory. It's just going to be a blank spot in the, in, in the rest of your thing. I, I made that sound pretty cool with Kelly Slater and and surfing and stuff but but that that was the point that that I kind of thought about well why would I ever want to drink so much that I'm going to start to lose memory and that's that's where I kind of came up with my idea of of how I wanted drinking to be for me from now on and it's it's actually a really tough thing because there, there's another concept in psychology psychology called precarious manhood and precarious manhood is that idea that men have to constantly keep proving how manly they are and that whole you know have another beer you pussy sort of thing all right and you get that I am I've said that myself once or twice yeah even at well, I have too in the past. Mm. All right. Uh, just a question for you. Have I ever said anything remotely like that to you when you haven't been drinking? No. Never. No, you've never pushed me to drink when I haven't been. Not yeah. even a little. You don't want to drink? Cool. You want to drink? Cool. I had a lot of people say to me, oh, you're boring when you first started. That's. And I thought, you know what? I'm probably boring before you before you met me. And <laughs> you're I'm boring on the still too, boring now. So just, I'm just boring. But it's but that that sort of thing is that, that precarious manhood is I'm a hard drinking, tough person. And the more I can drink makes me tougher. It just, it does. Oh, it's very sense. Aussie. Like it's a real. You, you see it a lot. Yeah, it is around the barbecue it? and sporting events and stuff. And it, like it is part of our. And in certain in certain places, like if I come to your place, I if I I'll have my two or three drinks and that that's all cool. Then yeah. I'll have some soda waters and you know go home and that's all cool. Other friends I have are not like that and they want to get properly on it. All right, and we we have a thing where we go to a certain friend's place every Good Friday, mm-hmm. and it's always like midday and it usually goes till way into the game morning on. the next day. It's game on the whole the whole outside thing. your window. Yeah, we'll get into that in a sec. <laughs> but what I actually did this day, because I was formulating what my strategy for this wanted to be, is I got a- So you had a pre-drink strategy to be sober curious. Yeah. Okay, so you've got to think about it before you go in. Yeah. Okay. So what I did, what I did was everything everything in in curious habits is about habit loops and how that loop works and how yeah. how certain things trigger you to do certain other things. And all I did was I got a red felt pen and drew a little dot on the top of my esky near where you click the little things to open it up. And every time I looked at that dot, that was my cue to say, what do I want to drink here deliberately, rather than just say I'm going to do this as a default. I'm going to have another beer because I just had four. And the moment I did that, every single time I saw that red dot, I went, if I want to have a beer, I'll have a beer. If I want have a soda water i'll have a soda water and i actually have a, a thing and i don't hide it i tell everyone i'm doing it is i just fill my beer bottle up with soda soda mm. water i saw and you do it the other day i do i do it heaps and the beauty of it is i still feel like i'm having a beer I'm still with the boys and still having fun and all of that sort of stuff but i'm drinking soda water i wake up fresh as a daisy and i don't get all of those things that happen when you drink too much but i don't have any less fun i think that's one of the things we've got to look at with booze is it's something that we're doing just out of default or are we actually having more fun and if we are having more fun are we remembering it. Yeah, okay. 
Hey team, it's Greg from Body Science here. The Hydroxy Burn Shred is back on shelf. It's our new therapeutic, has all the taste. And if you're looking for a better thermogenic, we've really pushed for the pursuit of a better thermogenic. Full disclosure on the labeling. What do we mean? Caffeine levels have changed. We all know the rules have changed. The ingredients have changed. The claims have changed. We have a clean label with premium quality ingredients for you. So what does that mean for you? You can look at things like metabolism, energy, sugar metabolism, fat metabolism, cognitive function, thyroid, and just general health and well-being. And it's all on the label. If you're taking a fat burner now and it doesn't say it on the label, have a look at it and go, why? Get on board. So you're talking excess consumption there. You're not talking, geez, I feel like a beer. And right. if you feel like a beer, have a beer. Have a beer. Go yeah. for your life. And, and that whole idea that you kind of have to stop. I, I just think, I just love the concept of when does the reward come out of it? And if the rewards come out of it, why would you still do it? And so I, I came up, you asked before about the concept of the window and I've you know, what's your take on what the window is? Well, my understanding of Luke's window is Luke has a life that be, is, extends beyond that drink. And obviously, you've never had a hangover in your life until probably the last two years. Yeah, I don't have hangovers yeah, very that, often ever. That's a bullshit call, just being over. <laughs> <laughs> he probably goes better than most people. But you have a window. Like your thing is, I'm doing this in my life. My window says I'm at three beers, I'm at two beers. You, you sort of predefine what your night's going to be like. I'm not saying I'm right or wrong. You asked mm -hmm. me for your theory on it. Yeah. But that's, you know, and you'll often look at me and I'll go, because Luke loves music, loves the dance. Like just if there's something happening in music and dancing, he's in the middle of it. And he'll often look at me and give me a wink and go, still in the window. You know, like, because I'm thinking, oh, he might have stepped out of his window there. But no, you haven't. Well, the, the window is basically M. Am I going over that that point oh eight? Yeah. All right. If I see I'm going number on it, dude. If I'm if I'm going over that point oh eight, I'm going to the point where I'm not really remembering what I said four Game minutes on. ago. Yeah. All right. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. All right. But the bit at 0.03 to 0.05, you're still having fun. You're still loose. The smart part of your brain's sort of chilled out a little bit. And it's yep. not quite as as thinking about things Believe as normal. the dancing coordination part has gone by then too. Yeah. No, the, the dancing coordination I don't ever have. At so. no time do I say you're good. I just said you get out there. Lives will be lost. Um, But one of the big ones I, I find with alcohol when I have, you know, would get out of my window is sleep. And what, what's your take on that if you, if you oh, have, you have a You don't more. sleep well when you, when you drink, you know, especially. I, mean, I I wake up really early if I've been on the drink and I cannot go back to sleep because I, I get hangovers. Mm -hmm. like the king of it. Yeah, if there's a hangover to be had, I'll find it. Yeah. And it's, it's a, when you look at the biology of that, it's actually a really interesting one because, that, because people think oh, if, I, if I have a few drinks, I'll go to sleep easy. And you actually do. It actually is quite good to get you to sleep, but you never get into that really good mm. REM sleep. And so what happens is a couple of things happen about three or four hours after you stop drinking is your, your sugar levels drop, all right, because what happens is your liver liver, which does all, all your, your liver does a lot of the sort of regulation of sugars, um, it's too busy dealing with the booze. Okay. I'm going to deal with the booze. I'm prioritizing that. That's really noxious, really terrible stuff. I'm going to get rid of that. Mm -hmm. So my glycogen stores and stuff, I, I'm not using them the way they're meant to because I'm prioritizing something else. So your sugar levels drop. And when your sugar levels drop too much, your cortisol levels spike and your cortisol is designed to bite and flight. Yep. It's meant to get you up and get you going to make you safe. So what happens at that one and two in the morning is all of a sudden, and you got their sugar levels going crazy and they're off their chops and the cortisol levels are spiking telling you you got to get up and fight or flight. So you wonder why you can't get back to sleep. And then even if you do, it's going to be in fits and starts and it doesn't Or work. about 11 o'clock that morning. Yeah. Well, then later on what happens is that your liver's got rid of all of that, your sugar levels are regulated again and you can actually calm the farm and you go back to sleep at 11 o'clock. Yeah. So that's a that's kind of how, how that works. So, mate, from a 
a point of view of stress management. If I'm someone who loves having drinks, I haven't heard of your thing in your window concept before. I've never really looked at sober curious because, you know, I probably thought, why would I go out if I'm going to be sober curious? Mm -hmm. What little tips have you got for us to stop and think right now? How can I implement this in my life? Oh, it's a, it's a really good question. I reckon the thing about it, going back to what we said at the very start of when did drinking become something it wasn't meant to be? And if drinking was meant to be something that made you be with your, with your tribe and be something that's social and enjoyable, when does it become something it's not meant to be? So when does it come to something that's I'm reliant on a little bit to calm down? And so what we can do is when we talk about curious habits, what other th- if, if what my end result is, is I want to calm down, what other ways can I get to that? If all I want to do is when I come home from a stressful day is eat a whole big packet of chips and a bottle of Chardonnay yeah. and I want to do that to calm down, it, there might be a better way to do the calming down. I might be better off to meditate for a while or do some yoga or take the dogs for a walk. Or move. Or move. Yep. Yeah, or do something that will actually use up some of that that stored up energy that I've got from having a stressful day. And then I'm going to sleep better, then I'm going to feel more relaxed and I don't have to deal with all the aftermath of the booze that I use to calm down. So the idea of Curious Habits is to work out what habits am I doing and what other habits would actually achieve the result that I really want. And I want to do them freely and I want to do them because I want to do them, not because I have to. And I love the way you changed your way that you drank just because you want to. You didn't have a problem with it, right? It was just something, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And you did it. And that sort of habit's not hard. There's a there's a, a, a really cool thing in ancient Greek philosophy, a guy called Sisyphus, and he got condemned by the gods to for all of eternity. And his punishment was to push a rock up a hill and every day the rock would roll back down and you'd have to do it again the next day. And I think as a society, we kind of treat habit change a bit like Sisyphus. We're kind of, I don't want to do this, but I have to. And what if we just let go of the rock and just walked over the hill? And I think that's what's happened when we get when we get curious about it. It turns into something that we do it because we want to do it, not because we have to or we're getting forced to or there's something wrong with us. We're doing it because it's something we want to do. And I think that's what sober curious is. It's not you have a problem, you need to change. It's this isn't serving me like... Like I want it to, I'm going to do the thing that will. Nice. And those people out there that are still going to have a drink and go out in your window theory, how, how do we plan out our lives around staying within your window? Why do you call it a window? Oh, it's just it's just a window where booze is still good. Yeah, okay. All right. That one, Once I get outside of that, then booze turns into into something that my memory goes and and I get even more co- uncoordinated than I always am. And you start then bringing hangovers in, in the equation. And I did a workshop with a team once and one of the things they wanted to talk about was stress and booze. And I went through a thing and I got half of them in one side of the room and half on the other. And I got one on a whiteboard and they had to write up things that would you'd feel in your body if you were all inflamed and your brain was inflamed and you were feeling really sore and depressed and all of that sort of stuff, what that would look like. And they made a list of those things. And it's things like, you know, headaches and back pain and nausea and dizziness and, and you know, memory loss and depression. Mm-hmm. And then I got another group to write down what hangovers were and what things you get with that. And the lists were almost identical. Yeah. Okay. So what we're doing when we're hungover is we've basically given ourselves short-term depression. We've given ourselves brain inflammation. There's heaps and heaps of science now that says a lot of depression comes from, from brain inflammation. And so we're doing that with booze. So we're waking up the next morning as well as the dehydration and the lack of vitamin Bs 
and all of that sort of stuff. We're waking up with a with an acute state of, of brain inflammation. So we don't want to move off the couch. We our, we just want to feel better. So we're going to eat lots of crap that we don't want to eat. If we go to the gym, I read a stat yesterday that said um, we get 37% less muscle growth if we've been on the booze and we would have Stop otherwise. It. 37%. 37%. So those that love their numbers, you know, chuck that one in there. But what what's actually ha- happening when we have hangovers is that we're actually giving ourselves depression for a day or two. So if you ever want to wonder what it is to to have depression, and a lot of that depression, not all of it, but some, you know, a lot of depression comes from from brain inflammation. But that's what we're doing when we're hungover. You ever think about it a day when you've when you aren't well after a big night? You know, it is what it feels like. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Crazy. And crazy. And it's part of you know the whole part of being sober curious is to understand how all of that stuff links. And just you're not forcing yourself to change. You're doing you're changing because you want to change. Yeah. And I think when you get curious about a lot of our habits, we change because we want to we're not changing from a place of scarcity and lacking so mate just stepping back to your friends you talked about the ones that love to party like rock stars mm-hmm. when you talk to them about sober curious what type of facial expressions do they give you oh they look at me as if i'm an absolute idiot yeah okay yeah because are they keen to talk about it though do you, are there questions that happen or is it because it's a pretty interesting statement sober curious yeah it is it's but it's it's one of those things that can open a, a bit of a can of worms if you're if you're someone that perhaps feels like they're getting judged because of how much they drink or if you're someone that deep down perhaps knows that it's not what I want to do, then you know you often don't appreciate people saying that to you. So I don't say it to them. It's just what I like to do. Just you, okay. do you do whatever you want. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, If that's what you want to do, get on it. Go with your life. Because I know you've spoken, spoken to me about it. You'll often say, I'm just being sober curious when I see you pouring soda water into a beer bottle. Yeah. And it's just, it's what I do. And I don't hide it. I don't tell any, I tell everyone, yeah, I'm having soda beers. Yeah. Couldn't care less. And yeah. you, uh, that whole precarious manhood thing about, you know, you're a pussy if you don't have the 12th beer. Couldn't care less about it. I'm 50 years old for God's sake. I don't, I couldn't care about that. But I can see how it be, would be an issue for someone in their tw- in their teens and twenties that that peer peer pressure is real. Mm. You know, we're biologically designed to want to go in with the group and we want to we want to be included. But there's something really cool about saying this isn't serving me. I want to do it this way. And it doesn't mean you've got a problem with it. You're just doing the thing that that's the best for you. And I think getting curious about a lot of our habits will help with that. So, look, if anyone out there wants to talk to you about sober curious, how do they contact you? Uh, we've actually got a thing called a primal reset coming up at the end of August. So anyone in Queensland and the Gold Coast with COVID allowing, I'd love to come to that. So it's primal, P-R-Y-M-A-L dot com dot au. So you can jump on there and all the information's there. Or you can get me at lukemathers.com.au. Nice. Any last words for those people out there who are thinking, not sure about this, sober curious? You don't have to be. If you want to, do it. If you don't, don't. It's com- it's completely up to you. But just understand that when you are properly getting on the booze, what are you getting out of it? And if you can do it, so play, you get all the good bits out of it and you don't have the bad that seems like a great thing to do and that's not sisyphus pushing stuff uphill that's just doing the thing that that's serving you well because that's what you want to do nice well thanks for coming on mate great to talk to you again anyone out there that's looking for a book to read your current book is stress teflon where can we get that you get that from amazon amazon uh you get that from and from lukemathers.com.au sweet get on board thanks cheers mate it's been fun